This is the Lacrosse Classified Podcast on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and indoor lacrosse. Each week, we'll cover the hottest storylines and talk to the biggest names in the sport. Now, let's talk some lacrosse. Time to talk some lacrosse indeed. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified episode number 35 of Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Growing the game one podcast at a time is what we do here. Welcome back and thanks for joining us. A little bit of a relate release here on a Tuesday, but for good reason. One is because Evan Schemenauer had to work late, and the other is because the NLL expansion draft took place earlier today, and we wanted to fully digest that before bringing you our analysis, but we're ready to do it, I think. Well, we'll do it in just mere moments here, Evan, as I'll welcome you to the podcast. Uh, we got to hand out our Stampy Tack weekly report cards before we get to the expansion draft, uh, but welcome back to the podcast. How's it going? Well, I mean, it's normally Christmas in July, except that it's a yeah, crazy time at work. But, you know, this is always interesting to see how this plays out because as much as we think we can predict who these players are going to get selected are, we're never even close to right. No, no, we're not. And I don't think anybody else was either and uh, a little different than it was a year ago between San Diego and Philadelphia as well. Things were a little bit different, um, which was good. We'll talk about it, but let's get into our uh, weekly report cards here, Evan. Uh, The good, the bad, the ugly in the world of box lacrosse. And uh, we've got a couple of doozies here for you today. First, I've got to let you know that Stampy Tech is more than just a boot store. They carry a wide range of hats that keep you protected from the sun and the rain. Hats for camping, fishing, hiking, you name it, anything you do outdoors. You can find it at Stampy Tech. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, or just head out there to Cloverdale and uh, pop into the big shop out there. Uh, where do you want to go, Evan? Uh, start with A? You want to start with F? What do you want to do here? Let's, let's start with A, because I think F, we got to digest a bit more. Okay, so letter A, this is the top, this is the best, this is what you want. Uh, and our A is going to go to none other than the Wrecking Ball, Keegan Ball, who was named WA Player of the Week. And for good reason, Evan, I believe two games, 18 points for Ball in uh, 2-0 week for the Bellies. Uh, pretty impressive stuff. This guy was named our, La- our Lax Flash Breakout Player of the Year. He's played some WLA lacrosse before, but he's really starting to come into his own after winning a couple of President's Cups with the St. Albert Miners, going back to New West where he played his junior in his first couple of years of senior. This is a guy that was drafted by the late great Terry Sanderson and the Toronto Rock way back when. And for people that don't really know, like Terry never really drafted Western players, ever. But yet, Keegan Ball was a guy that he went after, and I think it just took Keegan a little bit longer to pan out than I think a lot of people expected, but he's arrived on the scene, and 18 points in two games, my goodness. And we can harp on this point again. Where was he playing the last two years? Senior B. Now, Senior B with the St. Albert Miners, the top program in the country. Senior A team, essentially. Yeah, but he, you know, he's... He grinded it out. He was not under contract 
I, a little over a year ago. And the guy's just phenomenal. And the thing about it is, we talked about this last week, that New West is just on the verge of making or not making the playoffs. They were at risk of being out. All of a sudden, they put he gets his performance in. They get Logan Schuss back. This all of a sudden just becomes a whole different story in the WLA and puts everybody back in the picture. Yeah, we'll see what happens uh, tonight here on a Tuesday as I'm actually heading out to the fabulous Cam Neely Arena right after recording here to call Sam and Bellies and Berards. Uh, Berards now won- winners of their last two straight as they've kind of got back on track. They're playing at home. Uh, those two teams absolutely hate each other, which is going to make for a, a great game. And a lot of them actually play together on the Warriors in the NLL, but playing against each other here tonight. So uh, interesting matchup uh, tonight for sure. So Keegan Ball, congratulations. You get the A letter grade here this week. Our B, I'm going to give it a split here, Evan, because I think both these programs deserve some mention here. And one is the Oakville Buzz, who in their first year of Junior A lacrosse, qualify for the playoffs. And in a real intriguing matchup in the opening round of the playoffs with Oakville is they're going to take on Burlington, and those two cities neighbor each other. So uh, a kind of a neat uh, round one matchup there. But Oakville, you get half the letter grade of B, and the other one's going to go to uh, the... <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting choked up. The Ironheads. Uh, smoking spicy Patty Gregoire has got his Ironheads rolling uh, took out the Green Gales. If you recall, we had Pat on a couple of weeks ago. The Green Gales selected the Ironheads to play in the opening round of the playoffs. They thought it was going to be an easy walk. This is something, this is each game that they win is history for this Ironheads program. And uh, now up to nothing on Aquasostny, I believe, our last update. Heading to Aquasostny uh, with a 2 nothing lead and looking to advance all the way to the Founders Cup here. These guys are rolling. Hashtag roll heads, Evan. You get the B-letter grade between the Buzz and the Ironheads. And maybe that was the motivation they needed that, you know, the Gales went and decided, we're going to play you guys rather than pick a lower seed. And it didn't work out in their favor. But, you know, you got to give it to these guys, a team that I don't believe they ever made the playoffs before. Correct me if they I'm nev- wrong. They'd never won a playoff game, I believe. Correct. Okay. So they got three shots of, shots at it this weekend that gets to the finals. Hey, got to give it to Smoke and Patty. He may not have too much time for us, but <laughs> he's got more important things to worry about. Yeah, right no, I mean, right now, usually we, we want to have Patty on every second week or so, but uh, I'm kind of staying out of his, his lane right now and just letting him do his thing. I know coaching is at the forefront of uh, his focus right now, and, and we want to just let Patty – Make a run at it, and uh, who knows? He he could just keep it going. The way you know, your a team gets on a roll like that, uh, good things can happen. We'll see what happens with Oakville against Burlington, who you know disappointed last year in the playoffs. I think you know a good team, and then really just fell uh, when it came playoff time. We'll see if they learned a lesson as they'll take on the first year upstart Oakville Buzz. So congrats to the high- Ironheads and the Buzz. You get the B letter grade. Here this week on Lax Class. Our C letter grade, Evan, as we move along here, uh, goes to the Resolute. You're a little more plugged into this than I am. I, I know you like to kind of read these long political documents uh, that the leagues like to hand out. Me, I, I kind of like the cliff notes, so I'll let you handle this one. The OLA and the Ontario Referees Association have come to a resolution. You want to break it down? Sure. Uh, so the effect of it is, there's a few rule changes that come into effect 
immediately. Now, the, a game misconduct for any form of verbal referee abuse, the minimum suspension now is three games for a first offense, becomes five games for a second offense, and it's beyond that, it's I believe it's 10 games and up. We're going to try and stamp this out quite quickly. At the junior and senior levels, there's also fines associated with this, and I believe after the third occurrence, or third occurrence the coach's certificate is actually up for review. Now, if it's a situation of a physical abuse of an official or a threat issued to an official, any official, now it becomes immediate suspension uh, headed for a hearing, at which time they're also going to review with the, the referees association is going to review with the referee to make sure that they got the call correct before it goes to a hearing. The team gets fined 850 bucks, and if it happens a second time, in that year, the team's done. Hmm. So they're, they're just, uh, that's it. Now, here's why it gets a C. Th- these are positive steps moving forward, but the first time that a player of the likes of what we've seen last year, a Jeff Teeth, gets nailed with this, hmm. are they going to hold their ground and actually enforce the rule that they agreed to? Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see, remember, New first-year commissioner in Lindsey Sanderson as well. So a lot on his plate right off the get-go um, to have to deal with something like this in your first year as commissioner. Uh, and, and you just kind of wonder, like, how would Dean McLeod would have handled this, a guy that had been in that chair for, I don't know, like 40 years or something like that. So we'll, we'll see. Um OLA resolution, you get our C letter grade, it's not good, it's not bad. We're just going to have to kind of wait and see on this. Uh, wait and see. See how? See what I did there, Evan? Uh, let's move along. Letter grade D, and, and man, you know, like we get into these Ds and Fs, Evan, and I always find it a little difficult because, like, I don't, I don't like calling teams out or calling individuals out or organizations out or whatever the case is, um, but... This is what we've signed up for, and each week we got to look for some really good things that happen in the world of lacrosse, and then we got to do a little digging and find some not-so-good things that happen in lacrosse. And this one, it's not personal. I was calling the game in Coquitlam, and it just kind of jumped out at me when I saw it, and I thought, well, I, I think that deserves a D. And it was a game between... Coquitlam, who are playing at home, and the New Westminster Sandbellies, who are on the road. This is in the second period of play. So long change here for both teams, and and I use air quotes, long change, because we know how long a lacrosse floor is, but it's a little further to your respected bench when you're in the second period. Now, New West was up, I believe, I want to say 7-3. to three. It's about middle of the period, I want to say, as well. A delayed call happens early in a shot clock possession here for New West. So, like, plus 20 seconds. Arm goes up. What usually happens in that situation, Evan? Goaltender heads to the bench, get the extra attacker on for the extra possession. Exactly. But that's not what happened in this scenario. Alexis Bouquet was in goal for New West and did not make a move towards the Sam Belly bench. Yeah, now they're up three, four goals. It's a long change. 
But there is plus 20 seconds on the shot clock here, and he didn't even make a move to his bench. And I think to myself, and a guy that I watched goal in that arena 100 times in Del Bianco, he would have been to that bench in two seconds flat, and then you're looking at a six-on-five for at least 19, 18 seconds. But they just stood there, and they played a five-on-five possession. Now, I think they ended up scoring on the subsequent power play anyway, but for me, like if you're a young kid in that arena and you're watching that, what do you tell like and you're a parent like what do you tell your kid when you see Alexis Bouquet not even make a move to the bench? That's the example that you want to set for for youngsters out there. Like I, I get it. He's not the most fleet of foot and he's not in the greatest shape and neither am I. But come on. Like at least attempt to get to your bench to get an extra attacker. Are you with me on this? Well, yeah, I'm with you on it. I mean, we're going to discuss him again in a few minutes here. So, you know, he's got a new GM that he's got to start to impress here pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. So um, that gets my D letter grade. I just, you know, make the effort. Make the effort. That's that's what you do when you play a goal. You, you delay call, you run to the bench. I mean, pretty simple stuff. So uh, don't do that again, Alexis, and you and you won't get, get a D letter grade. But you did this week. All right, Evan, uh, F, and this is the worst of the worst here. And, again, you did some digging into this. You talked to the commissioner of the RMLL. You talked to um, uh, a member of Crude Lacrosse. Uh, take this one from top to bottom here after I just buried my man Bouquet. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation that happened. Unfortunate to the player, but... St. Albert's got one stud of a player, 95 points. Sorry, I'm just get This is it's, Junior C lacrosse. Am I correct on this? Junior C? Junior Yeah, I believe so. Junior, no, sorry, Junior B. Junior B. Junior uh, B. Yeah, so anyways, they sit here, and this kid's got 95 points. June 25th, he gets taken to the hospital playing against um, another squad and Sherwood Park, and gets nailed CFB, has to get taken on the ambulance as a precaution, make sure he's okay. He's back out there, and twice, not once, but twice in this game, Lethbridge take match penalties. We're talking intent to injure here for cross-checking this kid in the back. The second one with 10 seconds to go leaves him unconscious on the floor. And it's not just that they left him... You know, this left this kid unconscious. He's done for the year. He may not play again. But it's the fact that those kids started celebrating that this guy hit him from behind. That's disgusting. And if you're sitting here celebrating a kid's career potentially being over, you need to stop playing this game. I'm sorry, but you need to stop playing this game. I've reached out to the RMLL They've stated very clearly that they are dealing with the situation. They called the disciplinary board. They only have to call the disciplinary board in when they're dealing with more than five game suspension. So this kid's, these two incidents are going to be sitting for a while. Um, they've also stated clearly that it's not the referees that are at fault here. That was one of the things that was thrown out on social media. Yeah, not I want to make sure you brought that up. And, 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 but, and uh, a lot of parents are, are taking runs at the officials here, Evan, saying that they let the game get out of control. And, and 
from what we can account here, all the correct calls were made the entire game. And, and to put it into context here, this is an 8-6 lacrosse game with the team that is up two goals in possession with 10 seconds left on the clock. And the video's out there to see, but more or less the kid takes it deep into the corner and then starts to run away from the goal. Like he's got, there's no threat of him going to the net and trying to add a late one or anything. And this big defenseman gets up underneath him. And, and you know, I will say this, Evan, you, you got to be aware of your surroundings and you have to protect yourself when you're playing the game of lacrosse. But the last thing you're expecting when you're moving away from the goal, up two goals with 10 seconds to go in a game, is for a guy to get up underneath you and then absolutely pile drive you from behind into the corner boards. So if you want to take a look at the video, you can be a judge for yourself, but it was a completely unnecessary hit. And and from all accounts, they, they've targeted this kid more than once. No, there are two match penalties, same game, yeah. same kid. I mean, it's obvious. You're trying to take out the top scorer, you know, and... So yeah, what I'm saying is don't don't put this on the officials. Uh, they got enough to deal with right now, and 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 uh, from all accounts, they've they did the best job that they could. And uh, I mean, listen, crew and lacrosse didn't even want us to mention the fact that these kids were celebrating this hit after it after it happened. And I get I get the fact emotions run high, and and sometimes you do stupid things without thinking first. And I'm sure that's the case for a few of those guys on that team that. That probably thought, hey, like, all right, that was a good hit, and then realized when a stretcher comes out onto the floor, uh, maybe we shouldn't have been cheering that on. And I'm sure, you know, if they have any sort of uh, scruples in their body, that they feel pretty bad about doing that. But they didn't even want us to mention that. They didn't want the focus on that. They, they, they want us to know that you know they're not looking at the officials here either. They just want Brock to be okay. And they want to get these type of hits out of the game. And and it seems to be a reoccurring trend, um, especially when it comes to Brock McIntyre. So, Lethbridge, you get the F. And uh, Brock McIntyre, I hope you recover. And, and I hope you don't give up on the sport of lacrosse because um, it sounds like you got a bit of a future there, man. And I hope you make a full recovery. And uh, don't give up, man. Uh, keep going because it's, you know, that's a real unfortunate incident that's happened to you more than once. But I want to say I want to say better things are on the horizon for you if you stick with it. Evan, uh, what are we? We're, we're already 18 minutes in here through our report cards. Uh, we're supposed <laughs> to talk to Reggie in about eight minutes' time, which I don't know if that gives us enough time to break down these two rosters. But I guess we're kind of going to do it with the GMs anyway. So why don't we take this eight minutes and maybe just talk about how you thought the draft came off production-wise? Oh, I mean, the production definitely needed work. <laughs> they were There were hot mics on these GMs, and you're sitting there like, your first was like, who's whispering? And you realize it's Dan Carey. It's like, kill that microphone, yeah. please. <laughs> the both teams don't need to hear it. Um but the one thing that I really have to give a lot of appreciation to is that there were a few deals done. There's a few deals we're aware of, but for the most part, they, they actually did a pick for pick draft. Right. And, you know, it's not like last year where 
you got two GMs just literally reading off the names of the guys they just drafted in about 10 seconds apart. You can actually see Dan Carey sitting there and... Well, I was what, to, you know, like what, I was going what, like, what, what is he next? writing down? What is he? What is he looking at? Like he he had his iPad in front of him, and he had the pen going on the paper. And I'm thinking like he's got to know who he's taking here. But he, I, I want to ask Dan this because I almost felt like he was kind of playing it up to the camera a little bit, and that's not really in Dan's makeup. But he, like he was kind of like drawing it out with the suspense, where Reggie was kind of like, let's let's. Get this over with here where Dan you know he called the timeout a couple of times he kind of snuck away from the table a couple of times um I want to give a shout out to Teddy Jenner who I thought did a fantastic job you know there was a lot of downtime there while those GMs called timeouts and talked possible trades probably in the war room a little bit there and 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 Teddy did a nice job kind of thinking on the spot there that's not an easy gig and and I thought he did a nice job the one thing that was, I, th- I think that was rather interesting is that, and I'm going to ask him about this too with, with Reggie Thorpe, is he seemed to be playing catch-up most of the, the draft because he was, he was following the pick of the team right, that, right. that Dan had picked every time. And it's, it's like, I, I get part of it is you want to get somebody from Georgia, you want to get somebody from Buffalo, Somebody just went. If you don't pick somebody now, you might not have anybody the next round. But it yeah, always ex- meant that explain that. Hold on, Evan. Just hold, hold on a second here. I know we had we had one guy on on Twitter. Uh, Paul mentioned that to you. He asked that question. Does the second guy need to pick from the same team that the the first guy just picked from? Was that does that was that a rule? And it's not a rule, but. I want you to explain why Reggie was doing that. So let's start with the top of the draft. Is that Rochester takes Sean Evans, therefore Buffalo can only lose one additional player. So if Reggie wants to take any Buffalo Bandits, he's got to do it now or Dan Carey can do it with the next pick. And he's lost any hope of getting anybody from Buffalo. But he did it with Buffalo, then Georgia comes up next, he picks another Georgia player. And when you go through this list, all of a sudden you get down to Saskatchewan, and you could see that little reaction out of him when Rochester took Curtis Knight first. And it was almost like, oh, that's the one he wanted, right? Yeah. And now he's, now he's forced into his secondary choice because, once again, a rush player is going to go next. You, you're not gonna, you, know, you, you won't have another shot at a rush player. So he, he took Cornwall. Uh, a lot of little surprises, though, I think, is, you know, we'll get through these as we go along. Um, no Turner Evans selected. Yeah. That's a little bit of a surprise, you know. Kevin Orleman, guy I had high up my list, wasn't taken. Um, Rochester taking two goalies, as I predicted, yeah. Evan, as I predicted. Yeah. Oh, by um, the way, uh, we made our selections, well, it was weeks ago now. Um, how did we do in our expansion projection picks uh, overall? I didn't calculate yours. I went nine for twenty-two. Okay, well, I, you know? I need, you're an accountant, so I need <laughs> you to count uh, count mine up as well, please. Nine for right. twenty-two for you. Uh, we'll see what I did. I, I don't know if I got nine. I think I'm going to be pretty close to around there as well. Um, I mean, a guy like Chris Wardle, I don't think either of us expected because he lives out in Victoria. But 
the difference there was that they picked him and traded him back. Yeah, how about that deal? There's there's a deal we can talk about. Kind of a predetermined deal between Rochester and Colorado. And I guess Vancouver was probably in the mix as well. Where Rochester selected Chris Wardle from Colorado and then turned around, shipped Wardle back to Colorado in exchange for Julian Garitano and Mike Mallory. And then Rochester turned around and flipped Mike Mallory to Vancouver for Travis Burton and a second-round pick. Now, if you'll recall, Vancouver gave up a second-round selection last year at the entry draft to pick Travis Burton, who never did play a game for Vancouver. Apparently, injury trouble in the beginning of the season and then just decided not to report to Vancouver for the rest of the year. So now Vancouver has given up a second-round pick to get Travis Burton, another second-round pick to give to Rochester to get Mike Mallory for a guy that wasn't on Colorado's active roster, has already been cut by the Vancouver organization at one time and probably could have got when free agency opens after August because I don't know if he's making Colorado's team. So it's it's perplexing to me to give up essentially two second-round picks for a guy you probably could have got off the market in a month and a half from now. Well, and a guy you used to have on your squad, you cut him in training camp a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, so, different different, <laughs> different coaches, different managers, different team name, all the rest of it. But, again, this guy was not on Colorado's active roster on or even practice roster. He's been on the holdout list, and Colorado struggled to score goals more than any other team last year. So, I... I don't know uh, what that. Yeah, one thing we got to keep in mind now: our expectation of what a first-round draft pick used to be and what it is now is significantly different. I mean, there's just that many more picks involved. But Vancouver doesn't have first-round picks. They're down to one now, second rounder in the next two years. Right. Those things are precious to them. I, I just don't see how this makes sense. No, and I thought the idea when when the new regime took over was to stockpile draft picks and build for the future. And now it kind of seems like they changed their mindset and are, are trying to keep their head above water here a little bit uh, as they lose Jean-Luc Chetner and Brandon Goodwin uh, to two respected teams. Evan, we got to take a break because we got the head coach and the general manager of the brand new New York Riptide. It's Reginald Thorpe on the other side. You got it right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Andrew Q of the Oakville Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated labels and packaging, you heard it right there. They create first impressions and they're darn good at it. Find them at associated-labels.com or their social media at associated LP as in labels and 
packaging. Sean Ashworth, Tosh Nishamir, and the gang there in Coquitlam. Need a label or a package? Those are your people. Uh, speaking of people, we got a person on the line here with us now, a first-timer on Lacrosse Classified. It's the head coach and general manager of the New York Riptide. I can't... I, I love saying that for some reason. I'm happy to have New York in the National Lacrosse League. Reggie Thorpe, thanks for doing this. Welcome to the program. I'm excited. Thanks for having us. Our pleasure, man. Uh, well, let's uh, let's talk about it. It was just a few hours ago now, Reggie, the NLL expansion draft. Uh, you go second because you get the first pick in the entry draft. Um, give me your general thoughts on, on your selections here today. You pretty happy with the work that you did? Yeah, we're excited. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously I think, you know, with the, the, all the teams, I mean, there's just a lot of good players available, right? So I, I think, you know, um, these NLL general managers and coaches had a tough time with their protection list, that's for sure. So a lot of good players available. I think Rochester had some great picks. And I think we had some great picks and we feel really good about uh, where we're at out of the expansion draft. So, uh, yeah, we feel good about it. Let's dive into some of the picks here, and you take a look at your first pick in Jordan Durston after Sean Evans had been taken uh, by Rochester. You had an opportunity to get a guy like Corey Small or Zach Higgins or Nick Weiss or Bryce Sweeting. What was it that stood out about Jordan Durston that made you pick him first overall? Well, I mean, Durston was, you know, obviously, he's, you know, I think one of the, the, the top picks on the, on the board there, you know, top three, four picks there. And obviously with, with, uh, Rochester uh, picking a little heavy. It was, uh, you know, we had to go right back to Buffalo there. But, yeah, no, I mean, we know Jordan. Uh, we, we coached Durston in Six Nations. Um, and uh, we just know his style of play. We know he'll fit in our system good. And he's just a good, tough, gritty player that gets to the corners, gets to the middle, you know, gets on people's backs and gets under the skin. And I think he's going to be a fan favorite in, in New York. So we're, we're, we're pumped to have him. Not to give away your draft strategy coming up, Reggie, but projected number one overall pick in Andrew Q, who is a, a left-handed offensive player and, a, and a, a shooter at that, and that's kind of similar to what Corey Small is. And and as you know and as we know, Jordan Durston, he can put the ball in the net, but he's one of those kind of greasy guys that's going to find picks on your back and on your hip and that sort of thing and get guys like Corey Small and Andrew Q open. A little younger, probably a little cheaper as well. Uh, were those considerations when selecting Durston as well? Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, again, we, we, we like Corey Small, obviously, you know, it's, uh, he's pretty, pretty, uh, in, in, intact in the Buffalo market and, and, and more family and, and being home for his parents there. So I, I think just, you know, reaching out to the guys before and, and seeing their personal situation was important. Um, you know, Jordan, um, um, was someone that wanted, wanted to be in New York and wanted to play. And, and like I said, we know his style of play. We've coached him and, uh, we think he can be a, a great person on that left side to to really help uh, open up um, our, our left side and, and, and be a good leader and, and a great locker room guy. Another surprise with your second pick in uh, John Rannigan, a name that the casual lacrosse fan might not know much about. We're looking at names like Connor Sellers or even maybe a Kevin Orleman there. Um, tell us what uh, what made you go with Rannigan. He's an NL champion, you know, and that's, that's, uh, you know, he's got five years experience with Georgia. Um, you know, we're pretty familiar. I'm pretty familiar with her, um, from the U S indoor team. Again, he's a, he's a, you know, uh, New York guy and uh, he's a market guy. And, uh, like I said, we really like him a lot. And we, we obviously want to, want to, want to build some back end there and to pick up, to pick up Johnny, 
uh, you know, for our back end again, following, you know, their, their pick with, with Holden out of Georgia, you know, we wanted to, you know, uh, follow suit with Georgia, but we feel really good about John. I said, he's a, he's a, a veteran NL defender, big, strong, fast guy. No one runs this hard of the bench. He does the little things really well. And he's learned under a great coaching staff with, 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 uh, with Eddie Cuomo in China and, and Danny at Georgia. And, um, uh, so we know his lacrosse IQ is going to be uh, extremely high. Speaking with head coach and general manager of the New York Riptide, Reggie Thorpe, and and we could pretty much go through pick for pick here, Reggie, on on you know why you took each guy, and and you mentioned like you know Rochester takes a Georgia guy, you take a Georgia guy, they take a Saskatchewan guy, you take a Saskatchewan guy. Was there ever a thought of maybe going after a guy first, like? that you wanted from another team with putting the risk of Rochester taking two players from the same team, or was it always the plan to go with no matter which team they picked from, you were going to pick another player from that team? Well, there's some strategy going in, but, you know, after meeting with Rochester and talking with Danny and their organization, we we came to agreement on on our, um, on those last, you know, seven, eight picks. And and, uh, so, I think without agreeing to those who were going to pick those last seven, eight picks, it would have been a little more gamesmanship in there, but um, kind of just going for pick for pick until, until, um, you know, we, we, we spun off with the, the double Halifax, they spun off with the double Philly, you know? So like I said, to start the draft, we knew we were probably going to have to chase a little bit because we're after some of the same teams and there, there's some really good players on those teams. And then towards the end, um, you know, we threw some guys that we really liked, and, and but we could lock down with a, a side agreement there. So, like I said, it was just between Rochester and us. It's how it worked out. But like I said, we, we feel really good about the guys we got. Uh, I'm sure they feel good about the guys they got. But uh, like I said, we're 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 excited about our, our group of guys that represent the uh, the New York Riptide in the community. You managed to pick up Jeff Cornwall out of Saskatchewan, and word coming out that the Rush are trying to get him back. Has there been any progress in working out something with the Rush to, to send him back, or are you working with other teams, or are you just planning to bring him in? Uh, we're, hey, you know, you, you pick up a guy like Danny McRae and, and John Rannigan and uh, uh, Mike Manley on, on your back end, and, and then, um, uh, you know, and, and you know, if, if, if we left a message for, for Jeff. We wanted to come to New York and play. And that's how we're, we're approaching it. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. But right now, his plans are, our plans are to have him, have him play. And we, we, we left him a message and welcome to New York Riptide and, uh, to, to build around those type of defenders that there'd be an awful good, good nucleus of guys to, uh, to build around on, on, on that back door in front of a uh, bookie. Yeah. You, uh, you select Alexis Bouquet and you, and you get him in the 10th round. And this is a guy that, New England gave up a first round pick to acquire just a year ago. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty good value there in round 10 to pick up a guy like Alexis Bouquet. And, uh, and I would imagine you probably have another guy in mind as a free agent to bring in as well as we speak with Reggie Thorpe here. And you mentioned Dan McRae, Reggie. And, and this was a guy that a lot of people were surprised that was left unprotected. And, and I need to, you know, hurt my elbow here a little bit, pat myself in the back. I thought one of these two teams was going to select Dan McRae, and he'll be a guy that you need to, to probably franchise to keep him. Um, you're prepared to do that with Dan McRae, I take it? 100%. I mean, he, he's worth his weight in gold. You know, we, we talked to him three times, and, um, you know, he's, uh, you know, obviously he was a captain of Calgary and loves it there, but, you know, he's an East guy, you know, and, and um, uh, you know, he's pretty surprised that he was unprotected, you know, but, you know the, the 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 ownership at GS Sports has been has been great, and we we feel 
you know, getting a mix of, of uh, some veterans and then some a mix of young and mids uh, with some good NL experience. We, we feel we have a we can build a good mix of, of guys to compete, uh, you know, for, for playoffs, and, and that's our objective in year one. Uh, and getting a guy like like Danny just 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 really solidifies uh, that back door and, and and some of our learning curve for for a few of these D guys. But again, to pick up a guy like like Rannigan and Cornwall, Mike Manley, uh, I mean we're, we're we're pumped we're pumped to have you know uh, to have them, especially Danny. So we couldn't be more excited about him. And yeah, we're we're we're, we're keeping him, and he's playing he's playing in New York. So, well, your least surprising pick was Kieran McArdle, a local boy from Long Island, a world of talent. Is it that? Is that's got to be the important thing here? Is not only has he got the talent, but he's going to be available locally to help promote the club and push the the audience towards the arena. Yeah, again, you know, he's a, you know, he's got some, you know, you know, great. Like I guess I, I, I just feel that yeah, he hasn't played his best lacrosse yet. I mean, he had three very good years in trial, learned from some great coaches and great, great teammates. And I just feel his upside is is uh, is is in his learning curve is just he's got a lot to learn. Having being familiar with our U.S. indoor team as well, uh, again, I think his upside and 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 you know um, settling you know for those outside shots, I think he can get, play in a system and get to the cage a little bit more and, and and have some some bigger numbers. So we're excited about him and and and, a, and to be a market guy and a Long Island guy and be in our market is is just really huge for the growth of the game. So. Uh, again, we're we couldn't be more excited from from the ownership on down to the staff of, of, of picking him up in the draft. And, and like I said, I, I think is his best year out of him. Now you filled eleven of your twenty five roster spots. Still got quite a ways to go. Free agencies just around the corner. Are you looking to pick up big names, or are you looking to do like San Diego did last year and, and stock up on forty fifty guys and see who just happens to pan out? No, we're, we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna. You know, we the 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 good things when the the protected uh, list came out. I mean, us and Rochester had an opportunity to to not only call the unprotected players, but also the free agency players. So we spent that time. Like I said, my my staff's been awesome. You know, they've been great. I mean, they they did a lot of the heavy lifting and reaching out to guys and myself. And you know, it's a great group to work with. And like I said, they got you know, obviously the credit goes off to them. You know, they they've done a great job. But we. We spent a lot of time in the free agency now because we could talk to them, and now obviously it's shut down until August first. So we feel really good about it. Now we're we're going we're going for quality, you know. Um, you know we're gonna have we're gonna have an open trial, and we're gonna get some some quantity there too. But I think the we we really keyed on some guys and had some conversations with them. That so when August first comes, we're in a we're in a good position, and you know that that steer us a little bit too with this expansion draft on, on who we got, and that's gonna steer us a little bit in the entry draft as as well there. Last one here for you, Reggie Thorpe. Uh, I know you've named one of your coaches in Joe Smith. Um, you're the head coach. What kind of identity do you want to have in your first year here with the Riptide? What kind of style of play can NLL fans expect here from New York? Hey, like I said just, just, just a gritty bunch of guys. You know, I mean, we, we want to you know we want to get up and down. I mean, obviously we don't um, you know tough tough. I mean, tough hard nosed defense, right? Uh, good in transition and. and Efficient on the offensive end. So know, just like uh, yourself, Reggie. You know, just like and, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, great on the defense, but I don't know how Fisher was on offense. Oh, you, you, you had a few in that stick, if I recall. You had a few in that stick, if I recall. Reggie, uh, hey, listen, man. Congrats on uh, on a successful expansion draft. It's just the beginning for you, and uh, hopefully, it's just the beginning for us as well. I'm sure we'll check back in with you after the entry draft and as the the season approaches. Uh, nice job today, and thanks for your time. 
right, thank you. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. That was Reggie Thorpe, head coach, general manager of the New York Riptide. Uh, went with a little American flavor, a little local flavor, and then a few surprises off the board as well there, Evan. And what you, some of these teams just did not have deep rosters in Halifax. You're having a bit of a guessing game. Kieran McCardle was the obvious one they were going to go get. Tyler Big, Digby, of course, is from Pittsburgh. He's not far away. Rannigan being from New York. And, you know, Dan McCray played lacrosse, his uh, college lacrosse in New York. Go Tigers! They, they, they've, got, they've got some depth there. Um, there's a few positions they're going to need to fill. But, like I said, they've only filled 11 of their 25 spots today. The draft is going to determine a lot of that. And so is free agency. Expect a lot of even guys that just got cut or guys that were on practice rosters to get their shot. And who knows, maybe maybe they get another big name or two like a Brody Merrill or Dan Dawson last year mm. in San Diego. And now they've got a big nucleus for their team. Well, pretty, uh, pretty attractive place to go play uh, when you can attach the name New York to your franchise. So... Um, I thought he did well. You know that there's there's some surprises there, no question about it. But uh, and and let's be real here. Like the eleven guys that were picked, those guys aren't guaranteed to make the team either. So um, this is just the beginning for the franchise, and I think he's got to be pretty happy, pretty satisfied with what he acquired today. I got a kick out of a Jordan Durston's tweet, as I know it got kind of shared in the group chat there, Evan, uh, where he says, "Oh, looks like I'm off to the big city," says Jordan Durston, and. I think it was Dylan Ward that replied, "Yeah, you're you're off to Long Island, Long Island." And then McKay chimed in with the the windy city and right in the sunshine state, and <laughs> just in with the the rock just over the Rocky Mountains. So uh, Jordan Durston may need a little geography lesson about where he's actually going to play, but uh, he was the Riptide's first selection and uh you kind of scoffed at me when i said i was a little more surprised to see durston left unprotected uh than maybe a thomas hogarth or a chase fraser but uh jordan durston second overall well, pick there he goes and had the protective list come out a week later i don't know if chase Fra- chase fraser's mm. protected mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that's the unfortunate thing is he gets injured Literally days after. That's sports, man. That's sports. Uh, We got to get to break, Evan, because on the other side, it's the other half of the equation. He was just on the program a few weeks ago. He makes his return next. It's general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks. Dan Carey is on the other side right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Pat Gregoire of Lacrosse Flash, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Scheminauer with you, and uh, also with us is one of our fabulous sponsors in Pure Vital Labs. You just heard from him right there. All natural, no artificial flavors or coloring Informed Choice Certified, best supplements on the market, and all the best lacrosse players on those supplements. Find them at PVL.com. 
Pure.com or at Pure Vital Labs. I saw some beautiful plant-based muffins, some pancakes. You can make all sorts of stuff. They got recovery, game aid, you name it. Check them out, pvl.com. Anything else would be unsportsmanlike. Speaking of sportsmen, this guy was one of the most sportsmanlike players I'd ever watched. Now he's a general manager of a National Lacrosse League team. It's Dan Carey making his return to the program. Dan, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, man. Um... Man, I got to say, like, watching that expansion draft uh, this morning, you had a little flair for the dramatic. Like, you had the iPad set up. You had a little stack of papers in front of you. The pen was clicking away. Uh, you you kind of drew out your picks a little bit. The suspense was building. A couple of times you snuck away from the table. Um, you really seemed to kind of relish uh, that picking first as well, kind of setting the tone. How did today go? How do you feel after that? Yeah, it's all for show. It's all for show. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I, I, I'm wondering what you're writing yeah. down on that paper in front of you before you make your pick. Like, what was going on there? Well, I think it's there's a lot that goes into it, right? You've got you've got teams that get closed out, and you want to make sure that you know. Obviously, you be you, I was as prepared as possible, but at the same time, you just don't want to make any mistakes. So, you know, that's what I was doing, making sure that. Uh, that I'm kind of double checking, triple checking my list, and um, there's really no rush to it. So I wanted to make sure that I, you know, I didn't make any mistakes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Your first pick is Sean Evans. Um, obviously, a guy that's played in Rochester before. Probably the biggest thing out there had to have been a no-brainer. He's available, even though he's only got one year left in his contract. He's going to be probably the biggest face of your franchise. Pretty easy pick. Yeah, it was. You know, he's. I think his uh, what he's done is is enough to to you know have people think it's a no brainer and, and we felt the same way. Um, you know I, I've I've got some history with Sean as a teammate and um, from the same hometown, but you know it's he's just an ultimate competitor. The guy just loves to win, hates to lose, and you know he's gonna he's gonna be a big part of you know our our success moving forward. So you know obviously you mentioned one-year contract and, and Sean's expressed interest in, in staying here. He's excited to get back to Rochester and, and I think both sides would love to see him, you know, finish out his career here. You pick up uh, a top righty scorer in Evans. And then with your second pick, you go after uh, the Georgia Swarms holding Katoni, who's a, a lefty sharpshooter. Your third pick was maybe the most intriguing to me. And, and I had Rylan Hartley going. I didn't think he would go that early. I thought one team would pick, actually go out and pick two goaltenders and, and you were the team that did that. But I thought, Fryer would go before anybody, but you're high on Ryland Hartley, and for good reason. Everybody kind of has the consensus that this kid is going to be the next one. He may be a couple of years away from being that next one, but this kid's got a real bright future, and you didn't want to let him slip by any further, and you, you snap up Hartley in, in round three. Well, you know, I, I saw the trend of New York taking taking picks, uh, sorry, just following teams, right? They they took uh, Buffalo, and then when I took Tony, they took the other Georgia player. So, you know, I, I felt if I, you know, there's another player there that I was that I was interested in on San Diego, but in order to get, uh, you know, a, a good young goalie that we felt was was going to be, you know, an important part of our future, I I just felt like I couldn't pass pass that opportunity up. So, you know, it, the trend kind of continued, and, and I'm glad I, I got him in that position. Um, you know, Fryer was a guy that, 
you know, I knew I was going to get a little bit later. So uh, having those two guys, obviously that, that position is extremely important. And we've seen that over the last few years with, you know, the, the guys who have gotten their teams to a championship have been, um, you know, goalies that are, are world-class. So we we're hoping that, uh, that we have two great guys and then we're expecting them to be um, competitive coming into camp. You picked up Curtis Lake from Saskatchewan, and when you watch the video, you can see Reggie Thorpe just, ugh, you wish he could have had that guy. What do you think Knight's going to bring to your offense? Uh, obviously one of the more higher projected players to go in this draft. Well, he's won championships at, at uh, you know, many different levels. Uh, I, I, I was watching him when he was in Whippy for the Warriors, and, and, you know, they had a great team, but he was a leader on that team, and um, you know, I think he's going to bring veteran presence that has that type of experience. Uh, he just, he just seems to be a really smart guy when you watch him on the floor. And, um, he's a type of guy that, you know, Saskatchewan had him fill in different roles. He, he played a few games at the back door because it was what his team needed him to do. And, you know, that's the type of player that we would love to have on our team. So Curtis is definitely a welcome addition to our team. And he's a guy that we were hoping to, to see there when we picked. Speaking with general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks, Dan Carey here on Lacrosse Classified, and and you mentioned you knew that you were going to get Fryer a little later on in the draft, and in a handshake deal with Colorado that saw you select Chris Wardle and immediately turn him around back to Colorado to pick up Garitano and Mallory, which in turn you flipped to Vancouver for a second round pick and Travis Burton and a player that they gave up a second round pick to draft a year ago. Um, Travis Burton, by all accounts, is a real up-and-coming young uh, athletic defenseman that's going to turn himself into something good. And you get a second-round pick in that deal. You got to be pretty happy with that crap. Definitely, you know. I know. I know Chris Wardle is a big part of that Colorado team, and um, you know, I know. I know Pat. There's a lot of value there for him. So it uh, it seemed to make sense for both sides. And Mallory was a guy that uh, that Vancouver was really looking to to get their hands on. So you know, I think consider all of us to be um, somewhat happy coming out of that. Uh, Garitano is a guy that, you know, I drafted him when I was in Colorado and he's, he's got a lot of upside. We're excited to, to see what he can bring. And, and Burden, like you said, he's, you know, from watching him, he's played, you know, in the ALL and um, his time in Brampton. He's, he seems to be a player that, uh, that guys don't like playing against, which is a good thing for us. One of the other surprises in your drafts was Shane Simpson. Um, when you look at Calgary, who they had there, Dan McRae was exposed, uh, Greg Harnett was exposed, Tyler Burton. What was it that stood out about uh, Simpson to you? Uh, he's a dynamic player. Uh, you can't you can't teach that type of speed. Um, he's he's dangerous in transition, and you saw him play up the front door, um, playing offense for Calgary when needed. So he's a he's a guy that kind of can do whatever you need him to do. Um, but it's, his athleticism is. Um, you know, was off the charts. So he's he's definitely a guy that we're we're lucky to see there. You know, Dan McRae, like you mentioned, he's a UFA, and um, you know some of these other guys. You know, they, they they have a great team. There's a lot of good good players who were left unprotected that didn't get chosen. Um, you know, I think it says a lot about our, our league and some of these teams what they've built. But you know, we felt he was he was the best player and the best value there for for that pick. I'll ask you the same question I asked Reggie Thorpe a few minutes ago. You filled 11 of your 25 roster spots now, within reason. You've still got 14 to go. What's the focus now with free agency three weeks around the corner? Well, it's a big part of, you know, 
of what we need to do to, to build the rest of our team out. Uh, the draft is is obviously important. We've got the second overall pick, and and then you know we've got our second round picks as well. Uh, we need to really you know focus on the, the free agency to, to fill out our roster, and, and we're going to do that by um, you know targeting you know as many guys that we think can, can have an impact immediately, and also um, you know long term as well. So that's going to be a big part of you know of our success and and what we're looking to build around the guys that we just took in the expansion draft. Last one here for you, General Manager Dan Carey. And and a lot of people wonder, like going into an expansion draft or even building a franchise up from scratch, what's the approach when you go into something like this? Is it you want to build from the back end out and start with a goaltender and then kind of move your way forward? Or do you look for experience or size or speed or balance between veterans and youth and lefties and right like do you have a set plan when you're going into this okay for the expansion draft i want to draft this type of player and for the entry draft i want to draft this type of player and for free agents i want to look for this type of player or do you kind of have a a general consensus of what type of player you're looking for in general and and go out and pluck the best guy i think it's it's a little bit everything to be honest um you know, for me, going into the expansion draft is going to be different than the entry draft and free agency. You know, I wanted to get the most value. And, you know, I know depth is important, but it's really hard, you know, with my experience that I've been involved with the league, it's really hard to acquire players, you know, high caliber and talented guys that, um, you know, that are, are, are proven in our league. So, to me, that was the goal to come out of the expansion draft with those guys and then start building around them. Uh, whether, you know, their offense, defense, goaltenders, for me, I wanted to pick who I felt were the best players to, to build around. Um, and I know it's not going to happen. We're not, we're not coming out of this thinking that we're, we're going to win a championship this year. Although that's, you know, I think every year it's the goal and, and, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you we're excited and, and thinking that we, you know, can compete this year, but, you know, we, we need to, to see what we can bring to training camp first. Um, but I think building the team around those core players and grow your the next, you know, year or two through free agency as well as the draft. Well, Dan, uh, it's the general consensus that uh, you were the victor uh, between the two teams when it came to today's expansion draft. So uh, I, I think I want to put you in that category as well. I thought you did a fine job, uh, looking pretty comfortable there in front of the camera as well, and I uh, thought you did great. Congratulations, and uh, best of luck here moving forward, and I'm sure we'll chat again here uh, after the entry draft or so. Sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. All right. That was Dan Carey, general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks. Uh, Evan, a lot of people talking who did it better, who wore it better, if you will. Uh, and I I think for the most part, people think Rochester kind of came out on top today. Yeah, I picked Rochester as well for the simple reason was that they were typically getting the, the number one player off every team, except towards the tail end where there was a deal worked out. But, uh, you know, they got Sean Evans. New York had a fall. They get Holden Katoni, New York had a fall. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, that's really the reasoning behind it. And, you know, they got two goaltenders. Okay, yeah, two goaltenders can't start on the floor. But now you give Rylan Hartley time. Right. 
to give him time to get to where he needs to be to be that Christian Del Bianco type goaltender that everybody thinks he will be. Yeah. And Steve Fryer now has his chance to prove himself that you know he hasn't had much playing time, but when he's been in net, he's won. Yeah, I think he's ready. I think he's ready. And and I don't know. It's interesting, man. Like last year when you knew. Austin Stotts was the clear-cut number one and a a generational player that can change your franchise around. I think taking the number one pick in the entry draft when you won the coin toss was a no-brainer. But this year, and no disrespect to Andrew Q or Clark Anderson or whoever the case, Ryland Reese, whoever, I don't know if if taking the number one pick in the entry draft was the right decision. I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying it was wrong. But just for the simple fact that you mentioned there, like when you're in an entry draft, you make your pick, and then you have to wait 13 more picks or whatever it is with with compensatory picks before you select again, where in this expansion draft, you're picking, you're waiting, then you're picking, then you're waiting – and when you go first, like you said, you force the guy to follow your lead. And I think that's where the advantage lied today is that Dan Carey got to pick first and dictate what New York was not only who they had to pick from, but what was left to pick. Well, but, but think of it this way. What maybe should have happened was try to flip the script, right? Rather than jo- drafting Jordan Durson second, draft Holden Katoni second, and see if the other team's got to follow you now, right? That may Had that happened, this might have been a different draft. Oh, but- it would have been totally different, Evan. It would have been totally different because you yeah. would think New York or Rochester, excuse me, probably picks another Buffalo Bandit, and then... You know, then New York's picking a second Georgia player, and then and then everything's off the table from there on forward. So, uh, just interesting to think about. I think when there's a clear cat number one superstar player waiting at number one for you, then the selection's pretty easy. But I think that was a huge advantage for Rochester today to be picking first and dictating what New York had to do following them. So uh, something to think about there. Uh, We need to get to one more break here, Evan. Fourth quarter coming up. Uh, Your news and notes from around the world, lacrosse, and of course, uh, Junior A playoffs are starting. And uh, we get to pick a little playoff lacrosse. And who you got? It's on the other side right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Hey, this is Dave Smith of the Buffalo Bands and Chaos Lacrosse Club. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Star Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class Lacrosse fans. Uh, thanks for hanging with us here on a, another Tuesday. NLL expansion draft in the books. Um, now let's turn our attention to a little summer lacrosse here, Evan. Junior A playoffs are getting going. I mean, the summer now for me is really starting to crank up. You got MSLWA coming down the stretch here. Junior A going into playoffs. Uh, all the provincials at the minor level are going on uh, in the next couple of weeks. It is getting real, real busy around the rinks of Canada. Um, so we got five games to pick through here. Three Junior A playoff games, an MSL and a WA game. 
You know it. You love it. It's Who You Got, presented by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, complete source for boots and motorcycle leathers and gear. Summer riding season is here. You need the right stuff when you're out cruising on your bike. They ship Canada-wide from Cloverdale since 1967. They haven't been shipping online since 1967, Evan, because that didn't exist back then. But that's where they've been located, right there in Cloverdale. Stampede.ca is where you can find them. What do you got? And I think we actually have a hat to give away. Oh, yes, we do. We always forget. One of our listeners did give us the F this week. So, hey, you know, (laughs) if you actually have lacrosse stories that we might not necessarily be seeing all over the place, let us know. Yeah, last you can actually win a prize. Yeah, last week, uh, are we are we are we seriously giving Jenner the cowboy hat this week? Is that what we're doing? I just want to see him wear one. Okay, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, all right, Uh, Jenner. You got yourself a cowboy hat uh, for giving us that. Last week, I had to do it over Twitter because we keep forgetting, Evan, uh, to hand these things out. Um, but what we're looking for is just get at us via Twitter, at Shemlax, at PXP for Sports, or at the show, at Lax Class. And if you see something, something really good around the world of lacrosse or something really bad or something you just want to get off your chest... Send it our way, one of those three outlets, and uh, if we happen to pick that one, then we'll get in touch with you. You win yourself a cowboy hat. So that's how it works. Jenner did it this week. Uh, I'm a little reluctant, but I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. Um, so get at us, at Lax Class, at PXP for Sports, at Shem Lax. Give us a report card, a letter grade, and win yourself a hat, courtesy of Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Pretty simple. Okay. Who you got, Evan? Now, let's uh, recall a week ago here. Uh, well, yeah, let's do that. We got to Yeah, I, I, I know uh, I know you're anxious to get to it. Now, if you'll recall, we, all, we both had the same five picks from last week, and I said, well, I'm leading by one. I don't want to have the same five picks, so I'll change my pick to Nanaimo instead of Victoria, which turned out to be a stupid move. You went five and zero. Oh, I went four and one. We are now tied in the standings at an overall record of what? Six and four. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I go for, I go from a challenger week to a five and zero oh week. Got to teach Brad. That's how you do things here. Right. The chancellor, <laughs> pay attention. Uh, should give a, a special shout out to uh, to my friend Carly Rigby who. Does social media for the Burnaby Lakers. Uh, she has decided to play along on her own volition as well. Uh, she submitted her picks for this week as well. And uh, I don't recall. How did she do last week? I think she went 3-2 and two last week, right? That's right, yeah. Okay. We'll see how she does this week. Uh, all right. Since... But of course, remember, she was the only one that picked Coburg over Peterborough. That's true. Well, three weeks ago. That's true. So, yeah. Um, that is very true. Now, you went five and zero. Oh, I went four and one. We are tied, so I get to host this week, right? That's right. Yes. All right. Uh, let's start in the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League as we normally do. This is game one of the semifinal series, number two against. No, what is this? Who's two versus three? Two versus three. Raiders are two. SWAT are three. This game is going on in Okotoks, Saturday, July the 13th. SWAT at Raiders. Evan, who you got? This is a tough one, and here's the thing. These two played 
twice this weekend in Saskatoon. Both games went to overtime. They split the two games. That's that's how tight this best. Well, I think believe the best of five is going to be. Best of five. Yes. Best of way. five. I am I, I am not going to pick against the SWAT and dare try and step foot in the Kinsman Arena. So I'm taking the SWAT. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I don't have to set foot in the Kinsman. I won't be back to the tune for at least a couple of months. So I'm hoping people forget by then. But I got to go with the home team here and take the Raiders. Uh, They're the only team at the deadline in the Rocky Mountain League that went out and made a few moves to bolster their roster. I think they got off to a slow start this season, but I think they're the team to beat this year in that league. So I'm going to take them in a short five-game best at home. Give me the Okotoks Raiders. And let's just put a nice little note for that in your next trip to Saskatoon. Okay. Just, uh, yeah, like I said, hopefully people forget by then. Uh, yeah, Randy is, what, two broadcast booths over from you? Yeah. Uh, Carly's <laughs> taking the SWAT, just so you know. Okay. Uh, Ontario Junior Lacrosse playoff schedule just came out today, and, and like, I was trying to figure out, you know, which series do we want to focus on here? Do we want to just stick to one series or do we want to bounce around a little bit? I think the Burlington-Oakville series is an intriguing one. I think the other ones could be pretty quick. Um, I picked Six Nations at St. Catharines uh, for game one of the Ontario quarterfinal. Eight teams make the playoffs in Ontario Junior Lacrosse. Uh, it is a best of seven right out of the get-go. Or no, excuse me, best of five in Ontario in the first round. Best of five here, Evan. Six Nations at St. Catharines. Who you got? Got to take the home team, and they got me a nice little win against Orangeville a few weeks ago. So I'm taking St. Catharines. I am going to take the St. Kitts boys as well. I think they're projected to probably meet Orangeville in the Ontario Finals. Long way away from that, but they got to get off to a good start. Six Nations, always a tough out. Uh, but they're on the road. I'm going to take St. Catharines in this one as well. Carly is taking Six Nations, just so you know, Evan. All right, BC Junior Lacrosse. Playoffs begin Sunday for this series, and Nanaimo is playing Coquitlam. Victoria is playing New Westminster. Uh, we're going to focus this week on Nanaimo and Coquitlam, the defending Minto Cup champions hosting the Nanaimo Timbermen who have made the playoffs since the first time, since I don't even know when, Evan. It's been that long since the T-Men have been in the playoffs in Junior A Lacrosse, but they were the only team to beat the 17-4 and Coquitlam Annex twice this year, if you recall, on back-to-back nights, mind you. Nanaimo at Coquitlam, Sunday, July the 14th. Evan, who you got? Would have been interesting had the last game of the season gone the other way. Nanaimo plays Victoria, and that would have been a great battle of the island. And a guaranteed island got... team in the Minto Cup, which has not happened for quite some time. Well, and the other thing, the one stat that was put through was today, what was it, three, three of those teams in the playoffs have not missed the playoffs since the 90s? 2003. 2003. 2003? Yes. Okay, so. Victoria, so New Asco, Quitlam. Models of consistency. Yeah. And because you got a model of consistency against a newcomer, take the model of consistency, Cook Whitlam, fairly easy pick. I think so. I think so. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a sweep, 
But I think Coquitlam gets game one under their belt. That is a, a clean sweep in the picks for the junior Adnax. Uh, give me Coquitlam. Carly's got Coquitlam as well, Evan, just so you know. Two more games to pick here. It is an MSL Monday night affair, July the 15th. And uh, intriguing matchup here, Evan, and an important one in the standings. You got a three-way tie for third place right now between Brampton, Oakville, and Coburg. Coburg is visiting the Toronto Rock Athletic Facility. No, what's it called there? Center. Athletic Center. Center. The track. Coburg, the Kodiaks at the Rock. Evan, who you got? They might be tied in the standings, but these are two teams going in opposite directions right now. Coburg lost to Brampton. They lost to Whitby. Or, well, Brooklyn. Sorry, Brooklyn. Um, let's put it this way. It should be a pretty easy pick. It's going to be Oakville in this game. All right. Clean sweep for Oakville. All three of us selecting the Oakville Rock to beat Coburg. Maybe it wasn't such an intriguing matchup. I'm almost tempted to take Coburg instead now that you've taken Oakville. I just kind of feel like going against the grain there a little bit. You can bit. do it if you want. You can, it's your, your open Well, we do already have a differentiating pick between the Raiders and the SWAT, so I'm not, oh, overly, out. Okay. I'm not overly concerned there. <laughs> uh, let's see what happens here in this final game. WLA, Sunday night, and Nanaimo, who was once sitting at 7-3, at 7-3, have uh, scuffled here a little bit. Uh, they play Burnaby tonight in a real pivotal game. That's not the game we're picking. I looked ahead to Sunday where they'll be at home and taking on the New West Mr. Sandbellies. Now, remember, New West had to give Nanaimo two points earlier in the year for playing an illegal player, so the season series will be on the line here and could very well determine a playoff spot here between the Sandbellies and Timberman. On Sunday, July the 14th, Evan, Bellies, Timberman, who you got? The difficulty with this one is what Salmon Bellies lineup is going to be at this game. Now, you have to think Logan Schuss is going to be there if he can get there because he's got an eligibility requirement to meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Salmon Bellies winning the last couple, Timberman losing the last couple. I'm going to go with the team that's hot. I'm going with New West. Yeah, New West, as I mentioned, in Maple Ridge tonight. Uh, will they still be on a hot streak, or will they be coming off a loss? Not so sure. I, I believe they have a home game to play as well on Thursday. But uh, I just I don't know if Nanaimo has enough. Like for me right now, it's it's time for teams to to get going here. I think the the days of spotting guys in and out of your lineup, getting guys qualified if they're not there. Like, I think it's time now where you want to start getting on a roll here a little bit. Uh, New West does play Coquitlam on Thursday, so there's a get-well card. Mind you, Coquitlam just beat Nanaimo on the weekend, so that kind of tells you where the team in are at right now. I think this is a – I made these selections a little early, I think, but I'm not going to change them now. I'm going to take New West to beat Nanaimo here. Uh, as are you. Carly's got Nanaimo, however, so uh, she's going against the grain. Took Six Nations as well, and Nanaimo. She'll make the Gick happy. Yeah, okay. Uh, I know, Gick's, Gick's big T, T-man guy, big big fan of Colton Clark's game, I know that. Um, okay, so there you go. You want to recap that quickly here on, on what we got? We're both at 6-4. and four. 
And uh, what are we doing here? We're both taking... We no. got four of the five same picks. Four of the five same picks. The only pick we have different is I got Raiders, you got SWAT in game one of the RMLL yep. semifinals. Okay, uh, sounds good. What uh, what else do we got? You uh, you want to get a little Junior C Bombers uh, have, have done something that, that caught your attention. Yeah, uh, as this whole referee situation was developing, they actually went out on their own regard, uh, outside what the OLA was requiring – uh, with these new suspensions, and they put out put it out on on social media that for every home game they will have two non bench personnel at the referee's dressing room to escort the officials out to their vehicle to make sure that they're safe, and they're also going to put marshals in the stands. Mm. So therefore, the referees no longer have to worry about dealing with rowdy fans that are getting out of control, abusing the officials, and they will move them. In, indoors, behind the glass, and if that doesn't stop it, out of the arena. Good on them for taking the extra steps to help the referees. Out. Yeah, this is this is what it's come to, people. That this sort, of, and good on them for for initiating something like this. But the fact that it's had to come to this is it's a little scary. Uh, for, I saw Bomberry tweet that you know it's it's yeah. pretty sad that he has to go watch his sixteen year old brother ref just to make sure that he's safe. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, so good on the Bombers there in Junior C Lacrosse uh, for for taking some extra steps. The NLL Commissioner Nick Sakevich got an extension uh, through what twenty twenty two, Evan. So the next three years, sure. uh, yep. CNS will be locked up and uh, be steering the ship of the National Lacrosse League. And I think well warranted for the work that he's done up until this point um absolutely i gotta give uh i gotta give a few guys a hard time i, I tried to organize well i did i did i did organize the alumni game for the junior adnax last week um was expecting about 20 to 25 guys i had about eight guys just full-on no-show on me uh, i really considered giving all them a d-letter grade just for people that no-show on things. A uh, little disappointing. We still had a good time. Uh, the Junior Rednecks won on Alumni Night. They beat the Junior Bellies. Thanks to everybody that came out. And uh, we'll build this thing up bigger and better each year. I just I look at the Orangeville Northman Alumni Association every year, and it just makes me jealous to all high heck uh, on seeing those guys and the time that they have every you know couple of, couple of times a year. Um, that's that's what we're striving for here in Coquitlam. We're a long ways away, but uh, you got to start somewhere. So uh, alumni game will go next year. We'll plan it much earlier and uh, get things going a little bit sooner. Um, speaking of the junior salmon bellies, uh, uh, update on Emily Goss. Uh, if you've been following along, of course, Emily was vacationing in London, England, and was tragically hit by a drunk driver. Uh, has been in a medically induced coma for a number of weeks. Um, I believe she has not awoke yet. Doctors and friends and family alike are still pretty hopeful. She has made the trip back across the pond and is at Royal Columbian Hospital in intensive care. Only immediate family are uh, able to see her right now. That may change in the coming days, but uh, again, everybody appreciates the positive thoughts and and well wishes uh being sent emily's way keep that up and uh, of course find the gofundme page if you want to help support financially as well as it's going to be a long road 
of recovery for Emily and her family, the Gosses. So uh, there's an update on Emily. Keep fighting, Emily, and, and uh, everybody's believing in you that you're gonna you're gonna wake up and be okay. So uh, keep your fingers crossed for her. Uh, before we let you go, we mentioned the junior lacrosse playoffs have begun. It's the Raiders and SWAT. It's the Mounties and Miners and the RMLL. It's Coquillam and Nanaimo. It's the Bellies and Shamrocks in the other semifinal in BC. And in Ontario, we got four playoff matchups. Uh, Mimico at Orangeville. That should be a fairly quick series, I believe, for the first overall Orangeville Northman, you would think. Oakville and Burlington matching up uh, two versus seven. Whitby and Brampton. And then St. Catharines against Six Nations are your four playoff matchups in the East. You got anything else, Evan? That was a good show. Oh, it's been a long one, but a good one because we were expecting, we've been anticipating this draft for a long time. And now we get to see what these teams start to shape up like, but we're going to see a lot more what they're going to shape up like probably in about three weeks. Free agency opens August the 1st. Teams can talk to free agents up until then, but cannot do any signings. But uh, you can bet your bottom dollar all teams going to work trying to lock up. You can't sign your own player back, though. There you go. So you're up to date in the world of lacrosse for sure. Big thanks to Reggie Thorpe and Dan Carey for stopping by the podcast and giving us their thoughts on their expansion picks. To our sponsors, of course, in Associated Labels and Packaging, Pure Vital Labs, and Stampede Tack and Western Wear. The biggest thanks always goes out to you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified. Coming at you a little bit late this Tuesday, but well worth the wait, I hope. Thanks for hanging in. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Got to get that in there. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Where else are we, Evan? Anywhere you find your podcast, you will find Lacrosse Classified via the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at ShemLax, at PXP for Sports, and at Lax Class. That's it. For Evan Sheminer, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody.